today, 138 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. And of course, we left off the drama yesterday with the birth of Phineas's son, who was one of the uh, sons of Eli, who was judged for treating the Lord's offering in contempt uh, in ways that are you know, unimaginable, not only taking the fat portion for himself, but also taking advantage of the women who were working at the, in the tent of the meeting. And God promised to bring uh, both Hophni and Phineas, uh, you know, to an end in one day, and that certainly has happened in the passage. And of course, as soon as Eli hears, he falls off uh, his chair, and his life is ended as well. And Phineas's daughter gives birth to a son, and the only thing she can name him is Ichabod, saying the glory has departed. The loss of family, the loss of life, the loss of many foot soldiers, but more than anything else, the loss of the ark of the Lord, the representation of the very presence of the Lord in the nation of Israel. Uh, But we find out in chapter 5 that even though uh, the ark has been lost to Israel, that God uh, will cause his presence to be honored and respected even in a foreign land. And so this is an interesting turn in the story. Before we read it, let's do as we always do. We, We... we read not just because the story's interesting or because the drama is compelling, which it, which it is, but uh, we read because in the words of Scripture, God has revealed his heart and character and called us to know him, uh, to hear and, and to perceive his heartbeat in Scripture and to have our affections stirred toward him and our lives transformed by him. Father, we pray you would do just that. May you open the eyes of our heart that we may behold you know, wonderful things from your law and know the depth and the height and the breadth of your love for us, that we may respect you in your justice and in your holiness and in your majesty, but we may draw near to you in your tenderness and your mercy and your love. Father, may your word have your desired impact on our life, that we may be your people transformed into the image and glory of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. First Samuel chapter 5. After the Philistines had captured the ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then they carried the ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon. When the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. But the following morning when they rose, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the Lord. Uh, before the ark of the Lord, his head and hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. This is why to this day neither the priest of Dagon nor any others who entered Dagon's temple at Astod step on the threshold. The Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Astod in its vicinity. He brought devastation on them and afflicted them with tumors. When the people of Astod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not stay here with us because his hand is heavy on us and on Dagon our God. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and asked them, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Have the ark of God of Israel moved to Gath. So they moved the ark of, God, uh, moved the ark of the God of Israel. But after they moved it, the Lord's hand was against that city, throwing it into a great panic. He afflicted the people of the city, both young and old, with an outbreak of tumors. So they sent the ark of the God to Ekron. As the ark of God was entering Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out. They brought the ark of God of Israel around to us to kill us and our people. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and said, Send the ark of the God of Israel away. Let it go back to its own place, or it will kill us and our people. 
for death has filled the city with panic. God's hand was heavy, very heavy on it. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumors, and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. When the ark of the Lord had been in Philistine territory seven months, the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners and said, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it back to its place. They answered, If you return the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it back to him without a gift. By all means, send a guilt offering to him. Then you will be healed, and you will know why his hand has not been lifted from you. The Philistines asked, What guilt offering should we send to him? They replied, Five gold tumors and five gold rats, according to the number of Philistine rulers, because the same plague has struck both you and your rulers. Make models of the tumors and of the rats that are destroying the country, and give glory to Israel's God. Perhaps he will lift his hand from you and your gods and your land. Why do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh did? When Israel God dealt heartily with them, did they not send the Israelites out so that they could go on their way? Now then get a new cart ready with two cows that have calved and have never been yoked. Hits the cows to the cart, but take their calves away and pin them up. Take the ark of the Lord and put it on the cart, and in a chest beside it put the gold objects you are sending back to him as a guilt offering. Send it on its way, but keep watching it. If it goes up to its own territory toward Beth Shemesh, then the Lord has brought this great disaster on us. But if it does not, then we will know that it was not his hand that struck us, but it happened to us by chance. So they did this. They took two such cows and hitched them to the cart and pinned up their calves. They placed the ark of the Lord on the cart, and along with it the chest containing the gold rats and the models of the tumors. And then the cows went straight up toward Beth Shemesh. <laughs> keeping on the road and lowing all the way. They did not turn to the right or the left. The rulers of the Philistines followed them as far as the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of Beth Shemesh were harvesting their wheat in the valley, and when they looked up and saw the ark, they rejoiced at the sight. The cart came to the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh, and there it stopped beside a large rock. The people chopped up the wood of the cart and sacrificed the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord together with the chest containing the gold objects and placed them on a large rock. On that day, the people of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. Five rulers of the Philistines saw all of this and returned that same day to Ekron. These are the gold tumors the Philistines sent as a guilt offering to the Lord, one each for Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. And the number of gold rats was according to the number of Philistine towns belonging to the five rulers, fortified towns with their country villages. The large rock in which the Levites set the ark of the Lord is a witness to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. But God struck down some of the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, putting 70 of them to death because they looked into the ark of the Lord. People mourned because of the heavy blow the Lord had dealt them. And the people of Beth Shemesh asked, Who can stand in the presence of the Lord? This holy God, to whom will the ark go up from here? And they sent messengers to the people of kiriath Jerem, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up to your own town. So the men of kiriath Jerem came and took up the ark of the Lord. They brought it to Abinadab's house on the hill and consecrated Eliezer his son to guard the ark of the Lord. The ark remained at kiriath Jerem a long time, 20 years and on. So in spite of the loss of Israel, God is still maintaining his honor. And, of course, the scene is, uh, is, is kind of entertaining in the sense that uh, you put uh, the ark as a, as a gift to their own god, Dagon, and they come in the morning, and uh, their god, Dagon, has fallen down on his face 
which is, of course, a posture of, of, of worship before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, they take it as coincidence, so they just set him back in his <laughs> place. And, of course, it's kind of interesting that a God needs that kind of help. Uh, but they set him back in his <laughs> place. Up, guys. And then the next morning they come in, and not only has he fallen you know, prostrate before him, but his head has been cut <laughs> off and his arms are cut off. Uh, which you know, is really his ability to you know, act. Of course, they're already having to set him up. And for this reason, every time they walk into the temple, they're going to have to remember the Lord God because they're going to have to step over the threshold because that is where you know, Dagon has, has fallen. So it is it's kind of an interesting story. Mm-hmm. But not only does the nation of you know, the Philistines and the kings of Gath and Ekron and Ashkelon, uh, you know, feel the weight of God's holiness and in his judgment, which we talked about, you know, yesterday. So does Israel mm-hmm. when they take mm-hmm. him for granted mm-hmm. once again as he comes yeah. back into back into their presence. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that stand out as you uh, read this passage? It's hard to believe, you know, the first verse in chapter six, when the Ark of the Lord had been in Philistine territory for seven months, you know, that that mm-hmm. we don't get any mention of Israel trying to go in and recover the Ark of the Lord. I mean, and who knows, you know, what was going on there, but seven months, you know, that the Ark of the Lord is in Philistine territory and they're experiencing the heaviness of God's hand upon them. Mm-hmm. And they're realizing we, we've got to get rid of this thing, you know, but there is... It's not until we we see it finally come back that Israel's excited at the response, but even still, like as you mentioned, they just rush into God's presence as if it's something that's like He's yeah. theirs, you know, it, it mm-hmm. belongs to them, and God has to remind them that He's a holy God. Mm-hmm. No, it, it it is, and and of course, Israel had been completely waylaid, you know, yeah. by the Philistines, yeah. and of course, their only hope was the hope, you know, that God would indeed fight their battles and. Uh, the sentiment of the nation was probably the sentiment you know that ends the last chapter. The the glory is gone. We're with without hope, without presence. We're without power. Uh, we have been you know uh, captured and abused by this nation, and that that's all we have really you know to look you know to look forward to. Uh, but uh, you do have God you know standing for his his own honor. And of course, what a uh, what an interesting guilt offering! You know, five five golden tumors should be a <laughs> should, should be a song about that. Oh my gosh! The five golden tumors in oh the rats, acknowledging the devastation you know that the Lord had brought, and so much different. You know, you you do have the concept of a guilt offering mm-hmm. with the Philistines, but so much different. You know, then the guilt offering, you know, of Israel, mm-hmm. the guilt offering of the Philistines is offering of wealth. The the guilt offering of the Israelites is the offering of a life. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, there's there's a, a huge difference. And of course, one sets us up uh, for the ultimate sacrifice or the ultimate mm-hmm. guilt offering. Or as Paul you would say in Romans, he he's become the mercy seat, the sprinkling place of that final offering. Uh, the life of his only son for us. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's just probably re- reiterating, but just the reverence that the Philistines had. I mean, every city that it went to, the people were like, oh no, we're going to die. You know, they Don't knew. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it's kind of know, an imposed reverence. Exactly. You know? They're like also the like, hey, fear. we know what they, yeah. don't harden your hearts like they did in Egypt. Well, like, the, let's, yeah, uh-huh. the yeah. po- just the point that there was this fear of the Lord and yet, you know, the nation of Israel could just get it and want to just open, you know, and look in, you know, to the. Uh, but anyway, it's just just the difference between the fear of the Lord and just 
yeah, the lack of fear no. and reverence. So and, and of course, I, I would have been, you know, like it, you know, the people of, uh, you know, Beth Shemesh. I said, gosh, here's, I, I've always wondered what's in the ark. You know, here, here's our tips. <laughs> Let's get pick at seven, 70 of them, you know, looked in. And of course, you have, you know, the question, who can live in the presence of, right. of, of this Lord? And of course, Joshua told the people that, you know, when he said, you know, you guys choose, you know, for yourself this day who you will serve, whether the gods, you know, that uh, your ancestors served beyond the rivers or, you know, the God of the Moabites in the land you're now coming, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then the people say, we will serve the Lord. And he said, you're, you're not able to. Mm-hmm. He is a holy God. And then there is a, there is, you know, a deep sense of fear and awe you know that accompanies the worship of the lord and this is a lesson you know that israel you know will need to learn time and time again and of course there will be a time when even david falls you know victim to being casual in the presence of the ark Mm -hmm. of the lord and we're getting way ahead of our story here but uh it is the sense of yes the intimacy and the mercy and the tenderness of our God, but his holiness demands such mm-hmm. respect. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder to us, you know, that it's a terrible thing to be under the hand of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, in this way. We see it, again, we, we talked about it uh, yesterday, but when we see God's hand come over Egypt, you know, plagues come out and they're afflicted and they experience the hand of the God mm-hmm. of God over them. And the Philistines knew this; they had heard about it. But now they're experiencing the judgment of God, you know. But but for us, and this, mm-hmm. I mean, moves us to Christ, you know, because He has experienced the hand of, of God, you know, because He has experienced the the wrath of God poured out, you know, on Him. We no longer sit underneath the mm-hmm. terrible judgment that comes from the hand of God, but instead we now enjoy the blessings that come from yeah. His hand. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been perfected in love and, and, and perfect love cast out all fear, but uh, the New Testament does not give up on calling us to fear yeah. fear the Lord, mm-hmm. to know Him in His majesty and holiness. And we, you know, we, we, we come into the Lord and, you know, with the, these two, you know, these two tensions. One is His holiness, His grandeur, His majesty, His awe, His power, His, his purity, and of course, the other is his, his mercy, his tenderness, and his, his love, and his, his compassion. And it's as we hold those two in tension that uh, you know our hearts uh, learn to to fear the Lord and yet enjoy His presence. You know, at the same time. Well, it's been a nice week uh, in the Book of Samuel, and we'll continue in the Book of Samuel next week. Remind you, we've given you readings from Psalms in the weekend just for a change of pace, and of course. We hope that you know that you will worship with God's people on Sunday and be drawn together uh, to be shaped by His Word as a as a congregation and as as a people. Heavenly Father, thank you for Your goodness. Thank you for Your Word. Thank you for the call to be Your people. Uh, Father, we pray that uh, You would prepare our hearts as we gather together as a community to worship You, and that our worship would be that of a deep and sincere love for You in all of your majesty and your awe and your power and your might, but in your tenderness and your mercy and compassion toward those of us who are earth sinners. Thank you for the redeeming blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the true guilt offering. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.